0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones, owner of Cube Performance, where we assist, coach, and mentor tradie business owners to earn more, work less, and ultimately create a great lifestyle for themselves and their family through building a high-performing business. In this episode, we speak with Brenton Neville from Brenton Neville Plumbing, based in Cairns up in Queensland. Now, this is a great story for any business owner who really wants to build a business that can thrive without them, as opposed to being enslaved to the business, having to be there 24-7. In this episode, you'll hear Brenton share his story where three, four, five years ago, he couldn't step away from the business. He couldn't go away on family holidays more than a day, and there was limited cash flow and high stress to where he is now through investing a lot of time, energy, and money building the culture, building the team, the training and everything that goes around empowering individuals and, and, and giving them the, the care and the compassion and the trust to make decisions, he is now able to go away and just come back from a four-week holiday where, importantly, he didn't receive any calls from the team, his clients are happy and more importantly, he's got cash in the bank. So while he was away, his team performed at a high level and delivered profit while he was away which is a key for any business. So in this episode, a lot of great takeaways, everyone. Really hear how Brenton has moved his business from relying on him to really now building it and relying on the team and the the individuals within that team. And ultimately, this has resulted in Brenton financial performance going through the roof where through the course of this journey, he's increased his revenue by 187%. He's increased his cash at bank by 122,000 over the past 12 months, which is key. It's not about just getting through the work. It's about delivering it efficiently. So we keep the money in the bank. And some key key stats and key rankings where his stress level is now down to three out of 10, where it was nine out of 10 not long ago. His confidence in the future is 10 out of 10 now because he's got the control on the team. His family life is now eight out of 10. It was three. He was struggling before. It was all about work. And financial position, now eight out of 10. It was four out of 10. So gold in this podcast, everyone. Heaps of great takeaways. Really hope you enjoy it. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need the benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come to realize that, hey, I've got to get better at business. Brenton, thanks for coming on board, mate, this podcast. Really glad to share some time, especially this time just pre-Christmas, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Josie. Pleasure Mm -hmm. to be here, mate. Now, you've been part of our community and coaching community for a number of years now. It's been great to have you on board and obviously see your growth over a relatively short space of time over the last two, three years. Your business, just give a bit of a background, Brenton Neville Plumbing, based up near Cairns. What year did you start your organization again?
1: 2012, we sort I of started out on my own as a sole trader. I was working by myself, just always having to find money at the end of the month to pay those bills and things like that. Typical tradie job. And then 2015, sort of formed a company, started employing one apprentice, put him through, and then have since moved on. to Yeah, we've got a team of three now. So, yeah, we've grown quite a bit in the last three years. Just
0: rolling back, like in those early days, I know, listeners can appreciate you know the, the war stories we have of starting the business and, and getting really busy with the business and obviously saying yes to everything, right, in terms of jobs that we take on. But one of the key things and one of the key problems business owners have and why they struggle to scale, why they struggle to even just get away on holidays, is because they think everything revolves around them, and they find it hard to step away. They find it hard to give ownership to their team. In those early days, you know, how much were you micromanaging? the apprentice in those early days? And how much were you probably expecting maybe too much from the apprentice where you weren't really giving them or providing the investment to actually train him in the early days?
1: Yeah, so obviously in the early days, we we're always on site. You had to be on site with those apprentices to keep an eye on and then also trying to duck off and do quotes and meet other clients and things like that and leaving them to trust that they're going to do the right thing. That sort of probably bit me in the backside a few times in the early days until I could find a tradie, that sort of really helped and let me step back a bit from being on the tools and always having to be there and, and manage them on a daily basis and all day, every day, and then come home at night time and doing the behind the scenes things. So it took it's taken obviously a few years to build that up, but yeah, now we're sort of sitting in a good spot. I've got the time to sort of sit back and do those things during workouts rather than being on site and micromanaging.
0: Oh, I'm definitely keen to yeah, tap into that and, and sort of share how you made that transition to where you are now. But in going back just that initial period, how, how hard was or how frustrated at different times were you, I suppose, you know, with your team or with that individual apprentice where you're probably expecting too much from them at different times? Would you say you'd expect them to probably step up too much and then questioning, you know, why have I actually got the apprentice on board?
1: Yeah, back in the day, yeah, with that apprentice in particular, obviously I was still learning too, trying to train them. I was expecting them to know what I know, which, yeah, you sort of forget that you were them once and your boss is probably tearing your hair out or their hair out about you. So obviously those early days were tough, expecting that person to know a lot more
0: than what they did. And especially without actually giving them the time and the support and the mentoring, and the big thing, which we talk about the coaching for that individual, you know, we just expect them just to hit the ground running. And this is with all business owners. We've got to stop sometimes and reflect and go, hang on, like you alluded to, mate, we're all apprentices at one stage. We all had our first day on the job where we didn't know, you know what a stilson was or the difference between left-hand and right-handed snips. We're all there. And often now though, too, as a business owner, we get so caught up in our day-to-day and caught up into you know, being reactive and just getting things done. We stop and... And don't have enough time to really reflect and actually have be empathetic. Okay, this is a big word. Be empathetic and caring and compassionate to our team and understand, you know, how do they learn best? And one of the things that, you know, you've done really well, mate, is, is, and since, you know, coming on board with us and making that transition is that, you know, you really stepped out of that comfort zone. And as we talk about, you know, really rip the Band-Aid off, you know, get uncomfortable, start standing back, as it were, Allowing the apprentices to make mistakes, but then shadow them and help them through that journey. Would you agree? Like that? Now that you're investing, that starting to invest that time, as you mentioned before, yeah, you know, it's about as you invest time with your apprentices, it actually makes your job easier.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, Jonesy. I guess I've changed my mindset, and I'm really enjoying actually being a coach uh, on site rather than being the boss on site. Quite often I'll say, Well, I'm the apprentice now. What do you want me to do? I just guess those apprentices thinking, Oh shit, I've got to think about other things other than or uh, well, what can I get someone else to do while I'm doing this? So I just guess them to change the way they think about the job also. I've found that big advantage uh, in the way that they think about the job. I want to talk through exactly how we
0: got to this stage and just to to fast track with everyone, team, is that Again, Brenton has just come back from essentially a, a four week holiday, okay, with Tanya and the family and just basically Brenton, no calls. Well, you're out of range for a lot of it, but essentially you had no calls for that four weeks.
1: Yeah, yep. So,
0: at a reception. You had a record quarter. So, during that quarter, so for the, you know, you're away for a third of that, you had a record quarter in terms of sales. Your clients were stoked. The the team delivered, agree?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, oh, yeah, my wife sort of said, she never seemed to so relaxed. Every time we did have a bit of reception, she's like, Oh, you want to call? I'm like, no, if I haven't heard from them, they'll be all right. So I think my leading hand took it upon himself to make sure they didn't have to contact me. Obviously, all about upskilling them before I left. That's right. And then giving them that clear guidelines of
0: what's expected. And then also communicating really well with the clients too. So they knew that you're away. But they the key thing with your clients, you know, your builders that they had confidence in your team of what you've been doing and training them and obviously what they've been delivering over a long period of time. On that, and this is where ideally for every business owner and everyone that's listening, right, we want to have a business that ultimately serves us as the owner. Right, Brent, you've done really well there, and that's a classic example of how to build a business that serves us. Well, what does a business look like that serves us? Well, I can go away for four weeks. Don't answer a call. I have a record period of sales and delivery. Customers are happy. And by the way, when I look at my balance sheet or my profitability, I've got cash in the bank and I'm profitable. That's what we're talking about, building that business that serves you as opposed to when you started, right? You're enslaved to that business. And again, credit to you like massive about the, the change you've made in a relatively short period of time. And Brenton, within our community, he won the our Power Up Award, which is around the, the way we do it here, a war, which is really about that team engagement. Because now what I want to talk about so that listeners can understand is that it just doesn't happen, right? So to get to that stage where Brenton is, it doesn't happen, there's a lot of one percenters. There's a lot of dedication in working through our success habits to make sure we get here correct, mate. And so, going through the processes, I want to talk about a couple of things. So, I want to talk about number one, you know, forming that the way we do it here, which is essentially the culture, right? That's key. Number two, you know, getting the function roles right, especially for the leading hand and the key person. So, before we hire someone. And then, obviously, number three, the key success habits, which is uh, the regular team meetings and associated training cool so to build this team right to build this team and to build that that team that can own it and just drive it and essentially think like you really starts with as you appreciate the way we do it here which we re- we're we really passionate about within our community how important has you know creating that the way we do it here for brett and neville plumbing which essentially everyone it's really framing your vision of where you want to be where you want to go framing the promise to the customer and framing your desired values and behaviours that your team just must deliver and uphold, right? Talk me through the process of developing that way we do it here and how important that is as a way forward that everyone owns and really dictates behaviour.
1: Yeah, so obviously early in the piece, getting that document done, everyone, it defines the, way, what, the direction that we're going and the employees all sort of follow that along as well. We run through it quite regularly just to, as a refresher but generally all the employees sort of know what's expected that in turn obviously makes their day-to-day jobs a lot easier they know what's expected so i don't have to check up on things and then our clients that we work for also know why we do things and, and that's how we operate on that i love that you mentioned that and this is
0: the key thing there is you because you're framing it so articulately that expectation is clear it's just rock solid there's no grey areas. And this is what I want everyone to understand. Out there is a lot of business owners say, oh, my team know it. Yeah, but that's how we operate. Yeah, my team know what's expected. My team know what to do. We're all on the same page. I'm just going to tell you right now, unless you've got it clearly framed in terms of articulating a document, unless you've actually had buy-in from the team and had them to sign off on it, then they don't know what's expected. Okay, there are going to be grey areas and there's going to be instances of friction there. and the great thing that you've done, Brent, with that way we do it here, you really framing it and you've really empowered your team, right? And this is what I want everyone to understand what Brenton's done really well is that he's really empowered his team to get on there, have a go, make mistakes, no worries, okay? We learn from that and we go again. But essentially, even if, you know, those apprentices that you've, you've really developed, and I'm going to talk about that in a second when we talk about function roles and, and recruitment, but, you know, they're really operating at a higher level than a first-year or second-year apprentice, agree?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, Jonesy. My philosophy is try and have them a year above than what they are. I've lent them to other plumbers to help them out at times and they just can't believe the quality coming from a first-year or a second-year. And, yeah, I think he sort of aspires to, to have an apprentice like that too.
0: Did you say, well, you've actually got to invest time to sit down with him and train him?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I had a bit of conversation with him afterwards. Like, oh, he's unbelievable. Uh, where'd you get him from? I said, oh, I said, that could be any young bloke. I said, you just have to put the time in to prepare him for the job.
0: I think, and the key that you've done is your mindset shift. And we often talk about, you know, within our coaching client community, right? It's about two sets of mindsets. We've got the trading mindset, we're in the trading mindset team. It's about the job, it's about getting things done. Trading mindset, They think apprentices like, oh, just a shit apprentice. Come on, just try and kick them along. Yeah, don't really appreciate them enough. Don't expect them to really add value until they're an apprentice. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you don't show them the love as a first year, they're never going to show any value as a fourth year. And this is where you've done well that transition over your journey with us over the last number of years, is that you've gone from that trading mindset to really adopting the business performance or that entrepreneurial mindset where you know if you want to get some value out of the individual, if they're not performing, it's really up to us and we need to invest the time. And you've really done well to change your habits and how you operate to invest the time in that team and to really build you know, a really high-functioning team. And that's what we want. We want those sort of feedbacks where yeah, your apprentice goes to work for someone else and they're blown away and they just think, where would you get him from? Well, you say, look, I just went down to Aldi and picked him off the shelf. Where do you think I got him from, right? It just doesn't happen. And everyone knows now, I think we talk about, and you hear about it in the press, the war on talent. Everyone needs to get their head around this, that it's expensive and costly to try and get a tradesman of high quality that'll buy into your values and the way you do it. We've got to breed from within, okay? And the way to breed from within and high quality, you've got to take the time, you've got to invest the time, you've got to be patient. So you've really done a good job of that, embodying the way we do it here. You've got that key belief, your team buy into it. Now, tick that box. Next box is around the clarity around the function roles. Now, let's just talk about one of the key strategies that we were working through was obviously getting that leading hand role, right? We knew that you needed a good quality leading hand to take the pressure off you. And for a lot of trading business owners, that leading hand role is crucial and it is hard to fill Talk through the process about, you know, as we went through, about really defining the function role. So what are, defining the objective of the role, the responsibilities and the KPIs, how important was that to get, again, the clear expectations in the role to help you recruit the right person?
1: Yeah, so Jonesy, we spent quite a lot of time on the document for recruiting, just the ad. We did a bit of research and and things like that from other, other plumbers that were advertising, and they sort of had to, quick sharp ads we had a quite a lengthy ad so we could really find someone that really suited our business and so the old mentality of like hire slow fire fast yeah we, we want to take our time and find that right candidate for the position i
0: remember the time we had a number of discussion and you were saying look it's taking time jesus taking time and i said what do we say at the time i said well we're looking for a a high-quality candidate, we don't want anyone, so it will take time. And again, that methodology or that thinking, higher slope, you know, we, do, we don't want to rush these sort of roles. And most people, they struggle from the get-go because, number one, they've even got a function role to, uh, and clear expectations for anyone when they actually recruit people and then they just can't understand why people aren't doing what's supposed to be done because there's no clear expectation. But again, you've done really well definitely on the, on the job ads and articulating the role and how important was it then on those early, you know, the induction period? So we've got that leading hand. We've got the key candidate ready to go. How important was it then to make sure that you shadow them and coach them through in those early, that week one, week two, week three?
1: Oh Yeah, so those first few weeks, obviously spent a lot of time developing our induction material as well that we ran him through for the first sort of day and then obviously introduced him to a lot of our clients and sort of seeing what his skills were and where where exactly we could use him to obviously better himself and better our company. So, yeah, obviously it's it's taken probably six months to to get us um, to spot where we need him to be, and he also feels comfortable now too, knowing the way that we do things.
0: We are speaking with Brenton Neville from Brenton Neville Plumbing. Now, if you'd like to find out how you can build that high-performing team, just like Brenton, where you can go away for four weeks and still have the business thrive, why you're not there, please request a strategy session with myself to have a free one-on-one conversation. And I'm happy to discuss how we can help or how you can implement certain processes to change the dynamics within your team. Go to our website, Cube Performance, www.cubeperformance.com.au, and click on request a strategy session. I look forward to chatting to you. In those first couple of weeks, yeah, how important was coming back to the way we do it here, which is really reinforcing the values, which is really reinforcing our promise to the customer, yeah, how important was it was just to share the learnings and connect back to there just to give him clarity about you know, how he needs to operate what level we need to operate?
1: Oh, I definitely always referred back to those the way we do it documents. Things weren't quite up to scratch like, hey, come on, let's have a look at this. This is why we do this and this is the way we do it. So, yeah, we spent a lot of time, even the first 12 months, with Brett as, as taken us, yeah, to get into where we want
0: him to be. He's in that position now, and again, he's in that position for you to be able to go away and for him not to call you for four weeks because of those hard yards. And that's where I want everyone to understand things don't materialise. You need to invest if you want to reap the rewards long-term, and especially around our team. It's really hard to get good team members. You've got to make the most of the team members that are on board about training and developing them. Hence, coming back to, as you say, the coaching. Now, for you, and this is where I want to sort of tap into that, like you know, your background as a hockey player, mate, you've know, you got a good level in terms of where you were and winning you know, competitions. And you think about it, like when you're playing hockey as a team environment, you've got clear understandings of your role based on your position. Agree? You've got the support there you know, from the coaching. Now, it's amazing though with, with those skills, and we all do it, and, and you know, when you started your business, when you were bringing on team members, yeah, you didn't even think about clarity around the structure and the roles at that stage because you weren't in that right mindset. Even though you had the personal experience from being in a high-performing team, but when you're starting to create your team members, all those sort of basic skills were forgotten, right? Whereas now, and this is the whole power of the mindset, where now you're in that business performance mindset, all those skills that you brought up on as a key team player and being involved with good coaches in your time in the sports space you're now starting to tap into all that and you're applying that now to your team, defining the roles, defining the players and the roles and being that key coach, which is now giving them that ability to collectively work and perform at a higher level. Would you agree with that? It's, about, it's amazing how you in that trading mindset you forget all these key skills about being a team player, being a coach, empathetic, you know, compassion, whereas now it's like you're tapping back into all these skills and principles that you've learned over a long period of time.
1: Yeah, like you said, it's just that shift in mindset from that charity thinking the apprentice is just there as a cheap laborer, hold the end of the piece of pipe or, or this to actually coach them to take over what do I do. That's one of the biggest mindset changes I've had to adjust it is is the way that I treat my staff. And the more that I coach them, the easier my job becomes. I love it.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's what gets us, you know, as you know, that's passion, right? Like we love that in terms of coaching inspiring those individuals. And as a coach, and this is when you've got that coaching mindset, because as a coach, yeah, you really care for your team, you're compassionate about your team. Ultimately, you want them to be better individuals. So on the journey with your organisation, Brent, what you're doing, they're becoming better people. And the principles that you're providing them and building within them and that they're adopting, it's creating them to be more confident outside of work.
1: Oh, definitely. So we have obviously weekly team meetings. They know now on a Monday morning, team breakfast. Get started on the week, and then sort of once a month, we'll try and just catch up with each one of them individually. Ask them about life the outside work, their goals, career goals, life goals. They all play touch footy. I think on Wednesday night, all for different teams. So Thursday mornings always consistent of uh, who played who and who won. <laughs> uh, a bit but of just, yeah. So just touching on their things, the outside of work, not always just telling them you got to do this, you got to do that, and this is how we do this. Just touching on those. Things outside work makes them feel like included and appreciated.
0: And that's what you've done really well, mate. And I think would it be the probably about the last 18 months, I think it would be like getting those regular team meetings, right? Those weekly team meetings. And what we refer to, everyone out there listening, we call them part of our key success habits, right? It's essentially it's a rock that's got to be in the calendar. It doesn't get moved, right? And again, that you've got that opportunity to ask the questions, care. And then for the team in those meetings, it's about that shared learnings agree in an environment again, they they're not under the pump or they're not getting pointed at. It's quite a, like, talk us through like a, a regular the structure of your, your weekly meeting.
1: Yeah, so obviously we uh, talk about the week coming up, the week we had last week, always asking what the win was from the week before and what the 1% improvement on next week is going to look like. So I obviously know that those questions come up every week and they're sort of prepared now. They know, like back before when we first started the meetings, they'd be Friday, oh, well, what time? Monday. And now it's like, all right, see you on Monday. They know at 6.30 on Monday we go for breakfast. So, yeah, like it says those rocks, locking them in. They don't move. There's no question. That's just a habit now, that a Monday morning, that's where we are and that's the time we're there. And where do you do that at? What it's uh, one of the local cafes in town, Gallery Five. Good coffee, bacon egg roll. Yeah, definitely. Um obviously the owner of that business appreciates our business. So and then you get other people that drive past, other tradies that drive past and see all the utes out the front on a Monday morning and they're like, Oh, what do you doing there? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I get asked quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, right cafe on a Monday. So it, it was a bit of a laughing joke, I guess, amongst them at the start. But I think it's a massive win for our team. They appreciate it, and just gets their week off to a good start.
0: Oh, look! I think it's great, and I, I love one that you're doing really well. And successful businesses have rhythm. Okay, like it's that consistency. Your team, not only do you as a leader, need the rhythm, but and a coach need a rhythm, but your team need a rhythm. They need to know that each week it's just a regular. And when you know that every Monday morning is a great way to to set up and start the week and frame the week and come into it relaxed rather than trying to hit the ground running, right? You plan and you're discussing what's going to happen. Everyone's appreciative of being an open, transparent you know, conversation about what's happening. They're not like treated like a mushroom. Everyone's the same. And this is you do this really well, is that, yeah, when we talk about often about treating people the same. It doesn't matter you know, whether you're leading hand, the owner or the apprentice, everyone is the same. Everyone's voice has the same value and that's great. I love that as opposed to you know, not even giving the apprentice the time of day to speak. But I think, and I love the way that you frame it, what was your wins from last week? Which is great. Like rather than too many people focus on the negatives, get them to think about what did you do well? You know, it could be all little things, right? It could even be like, I'm getting out of bed earlier. I'm going to bed earlier at night. I'm I'm eating my lunch better. I'm taking lunch to work or, you know, I'm refueling. I'm wearing a hat. All little things like that, which as, as a coach, you know is going to improve their performance, right? Even just not so much just around... What they're doing specifically on the
1: tools. Yeah, so even recently, Jonesy, one of the apprentices who is nearly fourth year, sort of been trying to get him to get to work that ten minutes bit earlier, get organised. And it wasn't until he was having a few beers with a couple one of the couple of builders one weekend. They're like, "Oh, I hate being late for work. Just rather be there ten or fifteen minutes early, get tools set up, get thinking about the job." And since then, massive improvement. Just. He's been far more prepared. He's taken it upon himself to get there that 10 minutes early and just have a tinker around and clean this up or I've got to do a bit of maintenance on some of my tools or or whatever, just not being rushed for work. It's unbelievable.
0: And because you're seeing that framework there and now he's switched on, he's hearing it from other people as well. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I better actually adopt this. And that comes back to, you know, what we're big on, which I'm, part of the reason why your team is really performing at a high level, consistent high level, you know, without you having to be there and, and push them, asking for them, okay, great, good wins last week. Where are our 1% improvements this week? What are those little things that we can improve on from our learnings? And I think that's what I want everyone to take away as business owners. Often you try and look for big wins or big things here, but if everyone can do a you know, little one as differently like you mentioned, just turn up to work a little bit earlier. Yeah, you know, just make sure we plan and prepare. Clean up after we go. Just little things like that make a massive difference, especially when we're talking about working as a collective unit. How important has that 1% of methodology and thinking been into your coaching and then into the, the training of the apprentices and also Brett, the leading hand?
1: That goes for our whole team. Um, everyone's always dipping each other, oh, you can save 1% of that material or... Yeah, I mean, like you can do that 1% better. So that, that's come from the apprentices even to me and to the leading hand. So on those team meetings, it's sort of a, a collective team 1%. What can we do as a team 1% better? Whether that's getting those materials back to Reece for a credit to individuals having their 1% gain for the week or, or whatever, uh, which is time up to work 10 minutes early consistently.
0: How are they going with getting you for your one percenters and sort of making sure, holding you accountable for the one percenters. What are they
1: saying to you? I've always got, yeah, there's always improvements everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, Well, it's just to get the those plans sorted a bit quicker or, or things like that, yeah, having a bit better idea of what we're doing next week. So just that prior planning.
0: Well, I think that's a key thing now is because you've installed in the team and it's great that they're holding you to account. And this is the thing with everyone, if you want to build that high-performing team, you can't just expect your team to lift you. You've all got to lift. And like it, like you mentioned then, it, it makes you perform at a higher level. Like as we talk about, one of the key success habits we've got is plan the week before it starts, right? Like Friday afternoon, get your shit together with you know, calling clients, make sure jobs are ready, calling suppliers, make sure it's in stock, ready to go, calling any subbies or whatever needs to happen calling out every client so it's ready to roll as well, not only just the builders, but even the, the contractors and other, other aspects like that so that you know that you hit the ground running because your team expect to turn up
1: ready to go. Agree? Oh, definitely, Jonesy. like those being prepared for the week ahead, having all those materials, the deliveries already booked in and all the, the materials will be there when the boys are there so they're not standing around for half an hour mm. waiting for materials and unload and then that just sets them off on the back foot. So just having that preparedness, yeah, far better productivity out of the team. Yeah.
0: And again, I think this is where you've done well, which a lot of people, business owners, fail to understand is that high-performing individuals want to work with structured, professional, organised owners. They want to get there and get in, get it done, have their 15-minute smoker, 30-minute lunch and get out of there by 3.30. They don't want to get pulled from pillar to post. They don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to turn up to a job and then say, oh, no, it's not ready, and go to another job. These are all the things that really peeve good performers off, okay? And not only does it affect your P&L and your, and your cash flow, but it affects your retention and training and your ultimate culture of the organisation. Yeah, culture's massive.
1: If the team's feeling good, the productivity's up, it uh, obviously adds more to your bottom line.
0: On that, so the key things that we've been talking about, we've got the weekly team meetings and then you've got the one-on-ones on on a monthly basis. Talk us through some of the days that you implement what we call shadowing, right, where you, you'll shadow an apprentice or so standing back and just watching them or just being their labour as it were, like you mentioned. How do you structure some of this individual training in over the course of a week or a month?
1: Yeah, so uh, recently one of my apprentices sort of struggled a little bit with rough Yeah, had a few issues on a couple of jobs, so I sort of took it upon myself. The next couple that we did sort of went along and I said, well, you brought a list of the order that we need to do things. Uh, so he sort of started to think, oh, okay, so I will do this, 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 and this. So we had that chat first thing when we got there. That's the order. I said, well, maybe you need to move these around to be a bit more efficient. You need to do that before you can do that. And then I said, well, what do you want me to do? So he's like, oh, well, you can do this and I'll do that. And, uh, yeah, so the day we got so much achieved in a day and he actually sort of Thank me the next day. He's like, "Oh, that was so good. I understand a lot better now why I wasn't being so efficient."
0: Yeah, great. So he was directing you, and because he was directing you, and you were able to say, "Oh, what think about this or think about that," his learning just went through the roof, right? And I love it. so he basically said, "Yeah, now he understands why he was so inefficient before."
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just little things. Yeah, just make a big difference. He's like, "Oh, yeah, that look, that's way faster." It was like, oh, there was one there. I was mirroring, it was like a mirror image bathroom essentially, and I did one side and he did, the, did the other side and he felt like he was gone flat out and had probably done a third of what I'd done in the same amount of time. Yeah. So, yeah, just little things like that and it sort of just blows his mind, I think, and then just giving him some tips and tricks and the next one, it was, yeah, is not far behind me. And so the
0: way you approached it rather than, again, like the big stick or just saying go faster or come on, Because you took the time, essentially a day out of your week, right? You essentially took a day out of your week to train him and coach him and show him compassion and empathy, empathetic, understanding. So what we're talking about being empathy, understand that, hey, you're new, you haven't done too many rough ends, You're not going to be as fast as me. It's not going to happen. And so credit to you, mate, by most, again, most – Business owners will not take a day out to try and shadow an apprentice and build their skill level, but more importantly, their confidence. And the way that you've done that, they built their confidence. You didn't knock down their confidence; you actually build up their confidence. in the way that they actually, essentially, they uncovered the problems of why they were inefficient. They they uncovered them themselves by the way that you sort of guided or your questioning.
1: I don't particularly like using the word speed at work. It all comes back to efficiency. The more efficient you are, the faster you are. So I generally don't use, oh, come on, we need to do this faster. We need to do this more efficiently. It's generally the terms that I use. I love that,
0: yeah, efficiently. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, speed, yeah, done it quick, but then you got to go back and do it again. So with the, uh, you know, the apprentices and, yeah, sometimes they're easier to mould, right, like because they're newer. And a lot of people do struggle with moulding a tradesman or moulding a leading hand, you know, a senior person, because of their history and their... They've created skills or hardwired some bad habits previously. Now, with Brett, number one, you did a great job of obviously identifying what like we spoke about before with the way we do it here and getting the right person with the right attitude and the aptitude to train and learn. How did you have to really work through with Brett? And again, some because you know, some of the work types that he hadn't done much of previously as well. So how was your shadowing and training with Brett just to make sure he was up to the standard and understood the expectations that we needed to deliver?
1: Yeah, definitely started sort of shadow Brett initially a little bit. Just like you said that, yeah, there's a few work types that he hadn't done and just wasn't quite sure of the process to get those jobs done. Once I shadowed him a couple of times, he's a fast learner. He's sort of got that mentality too, like, well, I like a challenge and I want to learn how to do things better and, and be more efficient. Um, so at the end of the day, he was, I guess, like an adult apprentice Um, except you have obviously a lot more skill. So, but open to learning, open to teaching him. Obviously, he came from a football background. So, obviously, likes being coached as well so that he can improve. So, yeah, it did make things easy in that sense.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. But again, the understanding and the empathy that you showed there is, and this is where every business owner needs to understand, is that as an example, doing maintenance for residential is a lot different than doing, say, commercial construction or doing roofing is a lot different than doing drainage. You know, with a lot of the trades, obviously from a plumbing aspect here, but all trades are the same. There's so many different subsets of niche work and it's ridiculous and it's totally unfair to expect an individual, even as the leading hand or project manager, to come in and be across all the subtleties of each of these skills. And this is where, again, people can't understand why their team's underperforming and people, you know, they having sickies, okay, or they're turning up late. Is because they're not showing any empathy. No one's shown any care for me as an individual. You're telling me to do this. I've never done this before in my life. I told you when I started, I've done limited of this, and here you are still throwing me out there and expecting me to perform at a level where I don't even know what I'm doing, right? Now, this is the key thing where I talk about it, and this is everyone, you know, if you want to build a competitive advantage in your organisation long-term, because, again, the war on talent is tough, it's hard to get good quality people. If you want to retain and train a team aspect, you've got to bring in that empathy. You've got to bring in that coaching, which you're doing in Spage, right? You're really building that team, Brent, which is awesome. One other big thing now, like on the back of everything that we're doing now, the foundational stuff that you're doing now. So again, I just want to, i just double back, right? So for everyone to listen to. So number one, you've got to develop your culture. You've got to have a very clear culture of what it and the vision, the promise. So we call it the way we do it here, which is our belief. So you need to have that as a get-go because that creates a framework of clear expectations. Number two, you need to have function role for every different role, whether it be tradesman, apprentice, leading hand, supervisors, clear function role. What's the objective? What are the responsibilities and what are the KPIs? Again, so when someone starts, you have got clear expectations. Number three, success habits, weekly team meeting, right? Really key. Success habit number four, regular factoring in time when you're going to be doing the shadowing and the training, whether it be a weekly thing, fortnightly, monthly, whatever it is, it's got to be a success habit, right? So these things don't just happen. We don't just build a high-performing team. We've nailed all that, right? And then based on all that over a long period of time, implementing that and creating that rhythm, you'd be able to go away for three, four weeks. What I love now, though, now I want to sort of jump into what we're Talking about the here and the now, essentially, you've had a lot of epiphanies, as it were, a lot of good learnings. A couple of things you've mentioned to me, like number one, is that you know what I've got to have more trust in my team, more trust in their ability. I know you were saying that that's a big thing that you've really realised that they've really you know risen to another level. Another thing you were talking about as well is that you've realised that actually, yeah, you know, the team want to perform more; they actually want more responsibility around that. And then the third thing around that too is that you now. Holding yourself back. So, even now that you're back on deck, you're still not jumping back into it to try and micromanage it. You're still leaving them to roll with that, right? To make sure that you're not getting pulled in. So, again, you're still showing that you're really showing that trust in them and giving them that responsibility so they can keep on rolling from what they were doing when you were not there. Trust. How big a thing was that epiphany that the trust factor that you need to have trust in your team? How important was that?
1: With me not being there, I had no one to sort of ask. So of gave them some confidence to get things done right, I guess, in the back of their mind. Is that the way we do it here? And things like that. So, yeah, definitely trusting the team is massive. But, yeah, I guess it took me that four weeks off to sort of let go and really trust them that they are doing the right thing.
0: And then that realisation too that they're keen to step up and take more responsibility, right? Because, you've again, you've given them the confidence on the journey. They're now ready to step up. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah, just, yeah, taking more responsibility. I've found that they've really stepped up doing that. So, you yeah, know, I mean, just little things where they were not sure before and they'd either ring me or ring the leading hand or how do we do this or where they've sort of taken responsibility and going right, I've done it this way because this. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's it's really good.
0: And I love that fact now too where right now that, Again, you've, you've held yourself back from jumping in there. Again, that trust level's gone through. What's some of their change or what are they saying to you now Now that you've been back there? They're still not looking at you to try and pull you back in. They're happy for you to take that step back because they understand and appreciate your role. Again, the planning and preparation and making sure that you're working with A-class clients and you're building that relationships with A-class clients. They're happy for you. Again, not to be seeing you all the time on the job site.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, You know what I mean? Brett's sort of taking over a bit of the ordering and things like that, of materials, and and sort of keeping ahead on jobs. So keeping those materials ready for when they are needed, which is good. And obviously the apprentices too, but just I can leave them to do jobs now. um, They've taken it upon themselves to get those jobs done like efficiently and to an A standard.
0: Across the board, like, we're at now, and that transition again, just sort of thrown back to, to where you were not that long ago. You know, before we met each other and and started working together, to where you are now, it's been quite a transformation. And what's exciting now is that learning and that foundation definitely going to springboard us into into the new year. How are you now feeling about really building that business that serves you? Yeah, building that sustainable business that can really. We talk about a lot, you yeah, operate under management. So essentially you don't have to be there 24-7. Yeah, how much more
1: confident are you in that now? Obviously, now that I've got those that leading hand and can have them out on site, I can be in the office like honing those processes, improving them, adding other processes just to make the business run smoothly behind the scenes, not out on site, uh, which I've struggled time-wise to get that to happen, like probably 12 months ago. There was no chance I could spend a day in the office, a week or two days in the office a week. So this sort of now it's given me that chance to do that.
0: Well, there's always that bit of friction, right, with Tanya running the books. So Tanya Brenton's wife, you know, running the books, doing the accounts. There's always that that classic scenario where Tanya wants information, you can't give it to her. You're too busy, and there's that mismatch of information and timeliness, and there's just no cohesion in the office. Whereas now, you know, your value is having that helicopter view. Making sure you're directing traffic and, and syncing all the data and the information together, so we can effectively plan, as opposed to being in the trenches trying to sidestep a bomb. Really, really important. And again, and just to clarify, like some of the, the results obviously the revenue increase, you know, percent you know, revenue increase over the last financial year, which is massive, right? So getting that team really operating, big time, though. Massive increases in the operating profit, you know, increase in cash in bank of 122 thousand dollars, you know, which is massive in in the, in the bank which everyone can appreciate that. But some other qualitative measures as well is that the stress level was up at a nine, you know, before, okay, sort of coming on board before this process, up at a nine, busy, 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 got no time, can't train people, you know I mean, just get things done, saying yes to everyone, to now being a three, you know, which is massive, right, being calm, composed, we're building our sets, we're building a team that can drive things. Confidence in the future is now 10 out of 10. Family life as well, this is a big one that we always focus on, which you know, it was before three. You know, Your quality of life was a, not that great before, agree? You weren't going away for four weeks, that's for sure. No,
1: definitely not. <laughs> um,
0: day here and day there. Yeah, now it's an eight. And then financial position, yeah, it was a four. Again, limited cash in the bank, and now it's pushing up to a strong number eight. And again, like some of the information that, from your feedback and Tanya's feedback, it's unbelievable how, you know, going through this process, how it can transform your overall life, all these little one percenters that you're doing in the business and taking time to invest in is having a massive transformation in your
1: personal life. Oh, definitely, Jones. You sort of see those other other companies around, like, oh, how does the owner sort of not be seen? So now you sort of understand where he is and what he's doing. He's, he's developing those processes so that he doesn't have to be the face of the company. So, yeah, we're sort of heading in that direction, which we're, we're excited about
0: definitely well and truly on, on that path and look it's a credit to you and it's a credit to your team members mate and I know that you do a lot like we're saying before we jumped on the podcast you had a good shindig with the team this week you know take them away and you know, put them up at a hotel you know good get together and I think I know that you do a really good job with your in your community you know, your builders community you've got quite a good relationship with other A-class clients and contractors so you're really doing a great job of building that community of, of like-minded individuals and don't discount that the way that you're operating, the way that you're changing as a leader, other people are seeing that as well. Like like you mentioned, people are driving past and seeing your vans there on a Monday morning. Why well, are you guys always having breakfast every Monday morning? Really? Every Monday morning? hundred percent. Wow. How do I work for you? Cool. Well, these are the things, everyone, like you want to build that employer brand and, and be attractive to other people. You've got to do things a bit differently. And more importantly, what you're doing, mate, is you're investing, number one, the time, the money and the energy, right, into your team. And that's clearly resulted you see it in, in the financials in your personal life but then as you as a leader i right, just give you a great confidence which is a uh, very pleasing mate really pleasing
1: yeah so i guess just gotta pass down your knowledge onto your employees so then one well, know they can be you like working for your company 100
0: percent, and that's what we talk about right like with what we're learning and what you're learning in our coaching environment and our processes it's so important to impart that onto your team which you do in spades again just taps into your personal background mate at that high level hockey in that team event. you know you can't do anything by yourself so mate really well done Brent. thanks for sharing your story champion really great takeaways for plenty of people out there and from my perspective look forward to next year and beyond mate how the journey and the team builds from here
1: yeah thanks Jonesy I uh, really appreciate the award too thanks mate
0: here to change your life because there's too much on the line. You're sacrificing shitload now, and your family need to benefit. You have got to make learning a passion for yourself. The thing for me, come to realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business.